All right, here so, we go. All right, ready? Okay, cue the music. Just kidding. It's exciting music, though. So, got extra excited. Yeah, we should do that. We should have some music in there. Welcome to Angel Impact, the official podcast of the Wisconsin River Business Angels. Episode 10 Opportunity Analysis, Part 2. Hi, uh, my name is Aaron Marks, and I'm pleased to bring you this, uh, this new episode of Angel Impact. And Angel Impact is the official, official investment podcast of the Wisconsin River Business Angels. And the Wisconsin River Business Angels, otherwise known as the WRBA, is Central Wisconsin's only angel investment group. And I'm here, as always, with the leadership of the WRBA. I'm here with uh, President Jeff Ebel. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Good, Good. morning. All right. Good morning. And I'm here with uh, with Chair Leanne Ostrowski. Good morning, Leanne. How are you? Just great. Thank you. All right. So in the last episode of Angel Impact, we, uh, we, we dove into the second major component of the due diligence process uh, for, for Jeff and Leanne, which is, uh, let's see, what do we call it? You can help me out here. <laughs> marketing the research. Opportunity. This, the right? strategic marketing and... Strategic marketing. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yep, and you can watch the last episode for the for the other three components, and there's there's other episodes about about all those. Uh, but we sort of gave you a high level view of um, you know how angel investors think about marketing and and the analysis of the opportunity and where they place that in the hierarchy of of, of what they examine. And uh, you know, spoiler alert, it's more important than the product uh, or service. Um, and that's something you can go back to the other episode and watch. Um, but today we want to really drill down into some of the very, uh, very technical nuts and bolts of the opportunity analysis that, that Jeff and Leon use. Um, and then also just a little bit about the, the nature of the problems that that is designed to, uh, to illuminate and solve us, you know, dealing specifically with the bias uh, that entrepreneurs often have around their products. So, uh, so Leon, I know this is your, your wheelhouse uh, to talk about these nuts and bolts. So why don't you dive into um you know exactly how does this work you know the opportunity analysis that you use yes uh opportunity analysis is one component of a broader picture of a business and that broader picture is represented by planned innovation so let's go and look at planned innovation at a forty thousand foot view it's really consisting of four major components one is the strategic components of the business this is an ongoing entity now. Then there is the existing business that the company is achieving its sales and revenue and profits from. Then there's the new business that they want to achieve their profits from. We typically start out in that segment with the new opportunities using opportunity analysis. And then we come back and look at the results in an annual basis. Say, are we achieving the goals of the company? If we are, then we're fine. We can continue to stay with the same goals and objectives and continue on. If we're not, then we ought to make a change. So what we want to do with opportunity analysis, and it's so important because at the company I came from, Dow Corning, which is now owned by Dow Chemical, we were growing at a very nice rate, but we weren't really getting that growth from new business. We were getting it from current business. And so therefore we were saying, we need to probably go back and not only sell raw materials, but sell fabricated parts. And we discovered when we got into the opportunity analysis, we didn't need to do that. We were just not understanding in depth the opportunity. And so we will want to do that 
with this opportunity analysis process. And why do you want to do that? Because when we did that, we found out that we had about a 95 or greater percent success rate in our new business, where before that was only about maybe uh, one out of seven success rates, which is typically what is true in society. So we can eliminate a lot of the failures, a lot of the expenses and reserve, preserve cash and preserve time. And so we can not have to use more resources to do this process. You got more than enough in the business itself. You just need to reallocate it based on the opportunities. So let's take a look in depth on what an opportunity analysis is. So if we have a new opportunity, we said in our previous uh, subject matter that you had to sub, uh, divide this into product markets. And that's what we do first. And then we study the specific product market and depth. And uh, the, way, the way we do that is we uh, gather all current information on that opportunity. And then with that, we say, what don't we know about this opportunity that could be failures? And these are typically the high value opportunities we look at first. And then we set hypotheses. And those hypotheses are what we believe to be true. They do not have to be true. That's just what we want to study. That's the standard. And then we go out and identify who has the knowledge and information to answer that question. So we don't make a thousand calls or a hundred calls. That's doing statistical sampling and we're not in that game. We want to know whether the opportunity is real. So we want to go for the juggler, just get the relevant information to start with. And to do that, we need to go to experts in that field. So if it's related to some subject relating to healthcare, we go to the most knowledgeable person in that healthcare field. It may be some PhD doing research, maybe somebody in the government because there's laws regulating this, and it may be a specific company or a company's executive who is a member of an organization. And you go to that most knowledgeable person and you ask them in-depth questions about that opportunity, and they will tell you what's not only representing that opportunity from their perspective, they're telling you from the industry's perspective. So that one individual is now bringing you knowledge that's probably coming from 50 to 100 different individuals. So you have the power of this biased sample that's giving you the right answer. And we do that with five to 10 calls. And then you can, with each call we answer, does that hypothesis get confirmed or rejected? If it's confirmed, two times and we say that's done. Let's work on the things that haven't been confirmed until eventually you get through this in about five to 10 calls within a matter of about, uh, oh, maybe uh, half a dozen to 12 weeks and you've got the answer and it's cold cocked. You know exactly why or why not you should enter this business and what resources you need to do that. And we find those resources are probably not all in the company. So you now got to partner with somebody to do that. You got to do research to do that. It starts telling you what you need to do to be successful. And if you got all that ready and your product is good, then it's going to tell you what opportunities, who do you, how are you going to communicate with the marketplace? And how are you going to then generate the sales? And then you got the rest of the infrastructure to build your organization for getting the sales, either yourself or through partners. So, yeah, I, there's, a, there's a bunch of things I want to pick up in there real quick, uh, just so, so people don't lose the significance of everything that you said there, you know, because it, it was so detailed. Um, so first of all, this is the scientific method in action, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. You bet. And, uh, you know, the scientific method is what you use when you want to be absolutely clear about how something works in reality, right? That is correct. And, you know, and that is the strength of plan ovation is that it, is that it, it harnesses that and it wields it in 
the realm of business, which is often very mystifying and, you know, feels like gambling to people, but you're saying, well, no, we have this scientific method that, you know, and what kind of results did it have at Dow Corning? Can you emphasize that again? Yeah, um, we uh, typically, the results have been one out of seven successes. Uh -huh. Now we're at 95 or greater successes from applying, yeah, from applying this plan innovation framework. Correct. Uh, yeah. Your opportunity analysis. From yeah. a 15% success rate to a 95% success so rate. Now I, with new I, businesses, yeah. it may not be that high because okay. there's so many more resources a big I company see. has. So if you even take it from 15% to 50%, yeah. wow. What so a benefit you've had. I want to stress, like, this is the gift that you are giving to uh, to the world of angel investment, right? Um, and, you know, maybe you could talk really quickly about, like, what is the what is the average for, um, you know, for angel returns? And, you know, how do you think plan innovation is going to, um, you know, going to affect that, right? Well, the returns are uh, there. You look at it going from 15% success rate to 50% success rate you don't have to spend all that R&D money to do the job. You're now finding out what the customer wants. And then if it fits in with your opportunity, you then do the job. So you got that efficiency. So you're saving money. Yeah. And number two, you don't have to build a plant and see if they'll come. Yeah. You can then understand that conceptually. Mm -hmm. And then you get to take that best assessment based on your hypotheses and what you found out and then build that specific product and test it in a very controlled way. So you don't wanna build a plant and then find out it's not capable of building the product the customer wants. So that's why it's so important to do this test in a lot of the product that is very physically oriented, you can sort that out. If it's emotionally or sensory oriented, then that's something you gotta test the consumer mm -hmm. to see how they react to it. Yeah, I mean, it's astounding because, you know, you're you're basically saying this is as close as you can get to running a simulation of something in the marketplace before you invest in it, right? That is exactly right. And you can figure out the answer without spending all the resources to do it. Yeah. And so I, we'll end up asking investors to invest in getting this study done. You know, that's some of the best money we spent. We have yeah. some where we spent that money and that's what they used our investment for to study the market. Mm -hmm. And then they found out that the market was really real and it was perfect. And they went on and are becoming a very successful company. We are now going on for tranche two and three of the growth yeah. of the company. And we had another company where we used that and spent maybe uh, $40,000 to understand the marketplace instead of $40,000 of our and And what we found out is the customer wanted the opportunity, but they wanted that at a specific price versus what they could make it for. Even if we went to China, they could not achieve the, the value there. So we put that one, gave it back to the, the entrepreneur and says, go ahead, use that information as you see fit. We, yeah. we did not invest anymore and we went on with our other, other opportunities. So we can give that as a gift back to to a project that fails. But how would yeah. you like to spend three years of your life developing a product for which there is no need? Right, right. Or uh, very low need. Yeah, right, right. No, it's, it's like, it strikes me as an incredibly well-kept secret of the best money you, an entrepreneur could ever spend, right? Uh, on this kind of- Well, analysis. it's interesting you, you know? say that because yeah. Jeff and I were talking about this and saying, you know, how long has this process been used? Well, yeah. would you believe it's been used for 50 years with this type of success rate <laughs> and the world does not know about it? Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> It's amazing. So I think we have a real opportunity to help our investors, but really to help yep. educate the process. And this is in a book called Plan Innovation by Achieving Plan Innovation by Dr. Bacon and Dr. Butler. And yep. they figured this out 50 years ago, and yep. it's been used successfully ever since. 
Well, hopefully it won't be a well-kept secret too much longer, and that's why we're we're here talking about it uh, as we are. Um, and I I want to I want to get Jeff Jeff in on the conversation um, because it uh, and Jeff, I'm going to tee it up to you this way. Uh, I would say you know the scientific method is you know it's basically what you want to use whenever you uh, it's like whenever there's a bias you just totally want to expose and completely obliterate right <laughs> that's like that's what the scientific method uh, basically has been doing, you know, as long as uh, it's been in the in the purview of humankind. It's like, yeah, we have all these mistaken notions and superstitions about the way reality works. And, you know, you eradicate those with the scientific method. So um, can you tell me about, you know, the bias that you sometimes see and, and how this framework that you guys use uh, deals with that? Sure, sure. Uh, what uh, most entrepreneurs don't understand is that everything that they've done about their business before they launched it is a hypothesis, <laughs> you know, and even their product and service, they either are really good at something or they invented something or they found a new use for something. And they say, wow, this could be a business. Okay, that's a hypothesis. <laughs> and they don't understand that. Yep. They think that well, I created this. I, I invented this. It's the most beautiful invention in the world. People are going to fall over themselves to try and buy it. And nothing could be further from the truth. So the first thing is to understand that just by nature of uh, an entrepreneur wanting to start a business, everything about that is a hypothesis. Yeah. So when you start with that, then uh, using the scientific method, method, you assume that you don't know anything because yeah. you're going to go out and find answers. That's also one of the critical mistakes, I would say, that many entrepreneurs fall into because they assume that they already have the answer to the perfect uh, product or they have the perfect product for a problem that they may not have identified or even the customers, who, who, you know, where is the unmet need? Yeah. They haven't identified that, but yet they believe that. Mm -hmm. uh, so it starts back then. And again, using the uh, opportunity analysis, that has to be done in conjunction with the, the development of the product and service. And if you go in that you have all the answers, don't waste your time and energy or your money mm -hmm. because you're not going to listen to anything that's being said to you. That's that confirmation bias that, that inventors and, and entrepreneurs can often fall into. They have, it's their baby. It's beautiful. How can anybody not want to buy it? Well, you got to ask, you got to find out. I think so, we all, we all suffer from confirmation bias uh, every moment. We of all every do. Day. We all do. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, again, we, we like to use uh, independent uh, consultants to perform uh, the opportunity analysis just for that reason. Yeah. Because when you go in, again, Leon mentioned all the, inter the interviews that we do, you know, five to 10 sessions, and each one of those sessions is well-structured. The, the types of questions are, are determined in advance, what you're trying to find out. Uh, the entrepreneur should be in the room listening to that, but it's best to go into those sessions uh, ignorant. You don't go in with all the answers. You go in with all the questions because uh -huh. you don't know the answers and you yeah. leave yourself open for what you're going to find out. And that is the power of the opportunity analysis and also the power of having that independent, um, unbiased uh, leader of the discussion 
yeah to, to and, bring out all that information and the, there's another yeah. dimension that we haven't covered yet and an opportunity is not an opportunity unless it has value and the question comes back how do you establish value and the way you do that is get an in-depth understanding of the unmet need and then you got to get that quantified so it's, does this opportunity save the customer uh, time is it uh is it do something that they can't do now? Does it give them some opportunity to make more money using your product? If it does, then you can say, all right, it costs me so much to make and it can be valued three times that to the customer. And between yeah. the two of you, you share that. So as a result of that, you take more money to the bank and you're a successful company from the start with a, a positive cash flow or as, as quick as you can get there. And then you move to your next opportunity, which is related to that one. You know, and I mean, I want to stress like, you know, learning about this process um, has just really elevated my own entrepreneurial thinking, you know, you know, hearing hearing it put like that, Leon, where, you know, you're saying, okay, what exactly is the value that this is delivering? You know, what, what does it help someone do? What does it save someone? What is exactly the, the, the quantified monetary value we can put on that? Uh, and that's how we value the company, right? Exactly um, right. The basis yeah. of the business is built off of that. And then you use that. Um, use that understanding to shape the business in real time, basically, as you build it, right? Correct. Is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, yes. it's, it's phenomenal. I don't, I don't want people uh, who are listening to this to, to lose the, uh, you know, the import and the impact of, uh, of what we're saying here. So um, yeah. Okay. I, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was fantastic. Is there any, uh, any thoughts anyone wants to offer that we haven't, uh, haven't hit yet? <laughs> We've got a lot of thoughts, and actually, we'll probably <laughs> save them to the next session. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> you do, guys. You guys do have a lot of thoughts, but that's why we love you. So, all right. I, I thought, yeah, I thought that was a brilliant episode, and um, and I hope people really take the time to to digest what's in there because it's uh, this is really the essence of what makes um, the Wisconsin River Business Angels the special thing that it is. Um, I've come to see. So, uh, my name is Aaron Marks. This has been Angel Impact, and I've been here with Jeff Evil, who's the president of the WRBA, and Leanna Strauss who's the chair and the Wisconsin River Business Angels is Central Wisconsin's only angel investment group and Angel Impact is the official podcast of the WRBA. We'll see you next time, everyone. Bye, Aaron. Thank you for joining in, folks. Thanks for listening to Angel Impact, the official podcast of the Wisconsin River Business Angels. To learn more about the Wisconsin River Business Angels, visit the website at www.midwestwealthventures.com or find us on Facebook.